listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 291 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm back with... Colin McKay. Hello. Nice to have you back, Colin, from your sojourn south. Did you yeah. enjoy being in the south of the country? Um, no, I felt very out of place because the part of the south I was in is a very, very rich and posh part of the south and we just scary men like me don't belong there. Yeah, your socialist ways would not go down well there, I'd imagine. No, I, it, it, in the 1900s I'd be sweeping their chimneys. Yes, yes, absolutely. But it was pleasant. It was a nice, it was a nice, a nice little joy. See how the other half, see how the other half live or the other, you know, top yeah. half live. Anyway. No, the, the place I was, there's not a fast food place in it. They, they refused. No, none at all. There was a pound shop that lasted two weeks and it was closed down. It was just too just we're not having that kind of scummy thing in our town. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very, very upmarket, hoity-toity. Yeah. What, where, where do you go and eat that was not like... Well, went, well, well, because I was on expenses, um, I went to restaurants. Oh, nice. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did do some fine dining. Um, but you, you could, the average house price, I think, is about a million and a half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, easy. Easy. Seen places that like, have three and four million and stuff like that in the estate and windows and all like that. That's fucking... Ridiculous money, yeah. Why? Surely they must need things for people to come in and clean their houses. Surely they must need like sort of like a McDonald's somewhere, but apparently not. No, not at all. If there is one, it's like way out of town. Um, town. None at all. Nothing. Uh, I did go into the Marks and Spencers though. Oh, ooh, I'm in Marks and Spencers in fucking Upper Crust, England. Check me out. Very fancy. Probably followed the whole time by a security guard. Yes, I definitely, definitely watching you every opportunity. Um, if anyone been missing when you were away for that week, you're definitely prime suspect for the, the killings. Um, but it was nice. It's, I'm glad you had a nice time. And Mr. McFall filled in very admirably um, last week. So, but it's nice, nice to have you back. As he always does. As, As he always does. Hopefully, get him in on a wee bit more once we start doing the pod on a Friday night. We're doing it on a Thursday night, but if we're doing it on a Friday night, he might be able to join more often yeah. um, for a wee, you know, a wee natter. Um, anyway. I'm not drinking anything of note because it's uh, Thursday night and I'm trying to stay off at this night, so I'm on a cup of tea. I think you're much the same tonight. I am on water, yeah. I've, yeah. I've consumed a, a quite a, an amount of alcohol in the past two weeks and i am decided I'm going to take a, a rest for a while. Good idea, good idea. Anyway, so we'll move. But we are on a little bit of a tight schedule, mainly because I've got something in the oven. Uh, so we're going to move on very quickly to what we'll talk about this week. So... First thing, Colsey, I didn't talk about it with Mr McFall. It's been off now for two weeks, but um, The Last of Us, season finale. Um, See? He's not seen it. Did you enjoy it? Did you like it? I enjoyed it very much. I thought the pacing was phenomenal because it was like, yeah. this is one of the shortest ones, like 34 minutes for the finale. Was, no, it was 45. It was 45. Credits not up. Mm. Aye, 45. But tight, proper tight. Mm-hmm. Conclusion, wrapped it all up and kind of left you, kind of where you thought it was going to leave you, but desperate for more. Apparently that's where the game ends. As well? Yeah. Apparently the ending of the, the show is very much the game. Hmm. And then it'll lead up to the, the, the second game, I take it. Yeah, essentially, essentially, yes. I think the second game is taken from another character's perspective. Yeah, but um, o- overall, um, as a show now that it's done, um, I gave it my customary IMDb date and I gave it a 10. Yeah, I'd be the same. I can't, even the ones we talked about were a little bit down, like that one with the, the, the flashback to um, yeah. Ellie and the... Our best friends, yeah. <laughs> Our friends, yeah. Um, even that, even though it was probably a lesser episode, still excellent, still very well done. And if you look at an overall show, nothing, not you can't really think of a down point in the whole show. Everything you would want from that genre, I mean, everything. So it was just perfect. So that was brilliant. Um, I had to wait a full week to watch it all because I was down south and me and oh. together. So that was that was tough. It was a lot tough. 
Yeah, but I very much, I very much enjoyed it. Um, and definitely one. I'm very excited for season two, and I'm actually tempted to buy the game as well, so I can play the game. I know I don't have a PlayStation, so I can't. <laughs> but I think I think you should. Not the second game, the first one. I'm going to buy the first one, yeah. Definitely going to buy the first one. McFall said yeah, that was the last game he ever played to full conclusion. Yeah. He felt after he played it, he sort of like, that's, he's done gaming. He's like, that's the best thing I could play, so why bother with anything else? Wow, that's um, mighty praise indeed. That, yeah. that's, you, you broke a game up, you're like, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. I can hear. Yeah. I will try and buy it at some point. Um, Mandalorian, I watched episode 19. That was the third episode, the one with the sort of side story almost. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one, yeah. Seen that one. What's the newest one? I've not seen the newest one. Which was last night, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. I've not seen that yeah. one yet. Um, I, I really didn't enjoy the side story one. I thought it was... I, I enjoyed the start, the, the kind of big action-packed start. Mm. At the end, that middle story, I thought was complete nonsense. I, I have no interest in those characters. I couldn't care less what I, I can enjoy the premise of the idea of, like, what do you do with a fallen empire? I actually quite enjoyed that aspect of it, because it's a wee bit of, like, sort of the... Was it Project... Oh, it was, like, Project Rockets Fuel or something, the one when all the Americans basically kidnapped all the Nazis and brought them into America. Yeah. And yeah. Into, like, rocket scientists because they wanted to go to the moon and things like that. So yeah. it had a wee bit of an overshadowing of that. It was called, can't remember, it was called Project something. I think it was uh, Rocket. I think that's what it is. I, mean, I don't think it is. I think that's too obvious. I think it was something else. But anyway, whatever it was, um, paper, was it Operation Paperclip? I think it was Operation Paperclip. That's yes. what it was. That's it. Rockets. Um, <laughs> so they um, done that. So it's a wee kind of overshadow of that. Like, how, what do you do all the, like, what do you do with Star Destroyer once you've taken over the Empire type thing? So I actually kind of dug it for a big part. Um, I like the ideas behind it, um, but I'm I am kind of rapidly losing interest in the mythos story with the Mandalorian. I just I'm not really giving a fuck about the Mandalorian story now. I feel like it's ran its course for me. It's it's very much a rinse and repeat formula just now. It's yeah. like every season's the same. I've got a mission, but to do a mission, I've got a side quest. Do you know what I mean? And it just keeps going. And it's like, come on, man, you've got to do more with this fucking character. Do you know what I mean? You keep repeating this nonsense yeah um so yeah i was i was really underwhelmed by it i enjoyed the big battle at the start that that was cool when he jumped out that, that was awesome yeah. that was he was like fuck it was like, he's going to jump out and he jumps out and i was like whoa he jumped out and then it went all slow and boring for fucking 25 minutes how much of this show do you think pedro pascal is actually in oh, not a lot at all no i don't think he's in a lot of it at all voice pure voice acting now i think so because I know in the previous ones, quite a lot of it's his stunt double as well. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think he's in it much at all. I think the man's yeah. collecting a beautiful paycheck for not being in it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's just a voice. It's a perfect yeah. job though, isn't it? Keep your profile up and you can go away and do The Last of Us instead. Totally, totally. <laughs> I rake in cash. That Star Wars money is just flooding in now. Um, they, they are talking about a big screen spin-off for Mandalorian, which I'm interested in. I could mm. see it being cinematic. I'm, it does look kind of cheap sometimes in the small screen now. I think we've, I think we've all kind of adapted to the volume and we know what it looks like now. So when you see it again, it, looks like, it does look a little bit fake now at, in times. Yeah. I think, yes. I think, it looks a lot like a set sometimes, doesn't it? It's, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas Andor had a tangibility to it when you watch some of Andor. Like you could tell they shot outdoors, they shot in, like on location. Cause they shot most of it in Scotland, didn't they? So yeah, you, could yeah. feel, you could feel it was real in, in some you know, feel, you know, it didn't feel like it was fake. Um, yeah. Well, that she can almost imagine the, the boom mic just out of camera. Yes. Yeah, 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 totally. 
totally agree with yeah. you, sir. Um, so right, yeah, so we'll see we'll see where I'm, it goes. I, I'm not I'm not rushing to watch it. Um, I'll say yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, do you watch anything of no else apart from those things recently? That's, that's all I've seen. I've really not watched it. I, I feel ashamed of myself to say, but really that's all I've managed to, to watch is, is that and one movie that will bring up. But that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'll, make very, I'll make a very quick, before we go into sort of one in more detail, but I watched, I'm trying to keep doing my watching a film that was made before 1950. Yeah. I watched Charlie Chaplin, The Gold Rush. I've never seen that. 1925. I think I've watched the reconditioned one because there's a voiceover. Like he he does a voiceover on it rather than this rather than the screens popping up. Oh. It was originally a silent. It's a silent movie, but you do get a, he he like he narrates it. What think kind of voice do they have? Quite a posh English voice to be honest. It's quite a it's quite a refined voice. But I don't know if that's his real accent. Apparently he had different accents for. Oh. Kind of, he, was, he was a Cockney. He came from like you know Cockney London. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, because you, you heard him speak in the di- great dictator. That's his voice when he speaks in the great dictator at the very end. Mm. That's his voice. That's, That's what it sounds like. Okay. okay. Um, but 19, made in 1925, and it was genuinely very funny. Like, it actually holds up as being exceptionally funny. I actually giggled watching it. Um, the slapstick is very well done, um, and you can see why audiences would be totally enthralled with this. But no, I genuinely found it pretty amusing, um, which it seems nuts for a film made in 1925. time on it. Oh, it was about uh, maybe more, maybe 75, 80 minutes, something like that. Right, so it's just, it moves as well? Yeah, it moves, but there is a, there's a story to it. It's not just some of the, like, some of the stuff you watch from chapters, it's just skits, essentially. Yeah. There's no story to it. Yeah. And reading, his book, reading the book recently about him, it's sort of like, he didn't really, he wasn't much, a, he was a director, but he wasn't, I don't, he wasn't a great director. His mm. main point was, get me in the frame and I'll do stuff. Yeah. But this does seem to have a story to it, and it actually works as a story as much as it works as a, Sort of a series of skits and things, but I know I found it generally very amusing. I found it fun. That's a bit nineteen twenty-five years old, dude. That's like way that's way early. That's early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, I might revisit some Chaplin now because you piqued my interest um, for yeah. lots of different reasons. Um, but yeah, I might, I might check out some Chaplin stuff. Yeah, but definitely Gold Rush was excellent. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I definitely recommend that one. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, sure. Let's move on to bigger <laughs> films. Come this week that we saw. Um, I'll start very quickly with a Netflix one, um, and that is a film called The Boston. Or it's not called that; it's just Boston Strangler, mm. um, directed by Matt Ruskin, um, who directed Crown Heights and Booster, two films no one ever really, really knows. I don't know them either. It's yeah. um, essentially the story of the two journalists who attempt to uncover the Boston Strangler because the police were like sort of originally not wanting to connect them as like sort of the same person doing it. Yeah. Um, and these are two women who sort of like start pushing the police to investigate it further and try to break the story and try and you know basically just you know basically try and track down who the Boston Strangler is. Yeah. Um, very spotlighty, you know, in a very spotlighty way. You know, they're they're they're, they're, they're doing this. Um, and the film you've got Kira Knightley and Carrie Cooney play the two journalists. Chris Cooper plays the the editor. Um, you also got Alessandro Nivola. He plays the husband of Kira Knightley. And you've also got David Dasmalshane and Rory Cochran, um, who I'm a big fan of because I'm an Empire Records fan. Um, and he pops up in it as well. But it's um, it's a very, it's a decent thriller, kind of in the vein of Spotlight. It's not doing anything different. The the sort of shadow of Zodiac looms I was going to say, on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Zodiac is such a brilliant movie. Like to try and even sort of do anything in that kind of vein, you're really you're dicing with 
fire at that point to try and match something like um, like Zodiac. Um, Kim Knightley, very solid. She's a very constantly watchable actress. I think she's, I think she's actually mature into a very, like she's a, as she's got older, she's got better. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, 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 she holds her presence and she does the accent really well as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Coon kind of sidelined, didn't really get a lot to do compared to, to Knightley's character, which I found a bit of a shame um, for Carrie Coon. Um, but it does become like kind of very tropey at times, you know. Yeah. It, you can see where it's going, you see where it's happening. And then it, there's a point where it turns and it takes a lot of sort of perverse pleasure in showing the murders. Which, yeah, we, I think we spoke about this before. Sometimes what you don't see is better. I, I don't I don't see why you had to see like sort of like the murders taking place. They're the journalists investing, so they wouldn't have seen that. So surely you could use something else to 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 to, to frame that. But yeah, yeah so I, I didn't like that. I felt like at one point I just decided to become a true life crime, a true crime documentary almost, and just wanted mm. to show this stuff off. And um, <clears throat> it never felt properly cinematic, and the budget made it feel very kind of TV movie esque. But for like at home on Netflix. It's, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's solid without being spectacular. Have you seen the Tony Curtis one from the... No, I was going to say I'm going to ask, have you seen the Tony Curtis one? Hmm? I've not seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, I have. I'm, good. I'm a good? Massive, massive Tony Curtis. It is good, yeah. It's does he play the Strangler, I take it, in it, yeah? Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, and he's... I won't say much more about it, but if you enjoy it, if you well, not enjoy this, but if it kind of piques your curiosity, mm-hmm. then follow-up with, with that one as well, definitely. Well, I think that one takes a different slant on it, because that's always yeah. following him to an extent, yeah. but this one is following the journalist. And most, so obviously, it's the same story, but from a different, sort of yeah. mainly different perspective. Companion um, pieces, um, but check it out if you get a chance. I will. Sure. I'll try and find it. Um, I would give the Boston, well, Boston Strangler on Netflix six and a half out of ten. Not a bad score, sir. Not, yes. not a bad score. You're so generous. <laughs> I'm generous. It, it, it didn't do bad. Um, but from that one, we'll do one, another one for myself very quickly before we move on to your cinema one. Um, and that is one that's on Sky Cinema, or now TV as well, and it's called To Leslie. Um, and it's directed by Michael Morris, who does lots of TV stuff. He's done Better Call Saul and For All Mankind. Lots of, like, prestige mm. television. I think this might be his cinematic or his movie debut. Sure. Um, and basically, the plot of this one's quite simple. It's a woman who wins the lottery in Texas, I think it is. Um, she wins like 150,000 and essentially blows it all. She fucks it up. And within about five or six years, she's totally lost the money and pissed off everybody in her town who now kind of basically shun her because she basically was a dick when she won the money. Kids are kind of estranged from her as well. And she basically, she basically sort of like sofa hopping, trying to just survive. Wow. Okay. Um, she ends up in a motel um, and, she, and she's trying to, try to make a, a go and try to like sort of find herself again. Um at the same time, she's prone to... Does it show you the Richie's to Rags story, or is it just... No, it you see her win the lottery, and then it cuts straight to like six years later. Cool. No, yeah. I, I like that idea. That's a clever, yeah. clever, clever movie. You've got Andrea Riseborough. She is a, the, the Leslie of the title. Um, Owen Teague plays her son. You've also got Alison Yanni popping up in it. Stephen Rook, they play a married couple. I think that's her mother and sort of stepdad. Um, and also you got Mark Marin and Andre Royal uh, pop, up in it, pop up in it as well. Um, <coughs> this film is somewhat controversial because Andrew Riseborough got an Oscar nomination for this. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Despite the fact that it was barely released and no one saw it, but all these sort of other actors sort of started pushing for it to be nominated. And she got nominated, and I think it was Deadwater, I can't remember the first name, from 
You enjoyed the lynching, remember? Yeah, yeah. She didn't get the nomination. I think a lot of people, Daniel, Danielle Deadwater, I think it was. Yeah. She didn't get the nomination. That and that brought people a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. get that. So. There's a whole campaign and stuff, a smear campaign and stuff against Sandra yeah. Wright eventually, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'd say she is excellent in the film. She's fantastic. Mm. She plays the role absolutely brilliantly, and she's completely magnetic throughout. And you're basically you're on this journey with her. Right. Um, but the film kind of meanders, and it kind of tests your patience with what you're willing to watch for an hour and fifty minutes, because it, it it seems to repeat itself constantly. Yeah. Like mm. I. Like I get the point of what they're trying to do, but it feels like like I've seen it. She's down the luck. What's where are we going from here? Is it just a matter of like trying to show as much misery as yeah. possible? Yeah. You know, yeah. and and because of that, I felt it, it, it's it, it's a good premise, a good start. But it, just, it just kind of dragged a little bit for me. Um, it does. It's beautifully shot. Um, because it feels very real. It's kind of not quite Florida Project real, but kind of along those lines, maybe American Honey-esque in that respect. Got you, yeah. You know, um, so it's kind of stripped of all the glamour. There's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of like things that you go, oh, that's really nice. You know, it's a, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a dirty movie in that respect. Grainy, always think grainy. Aye, it feels it's yeah. I can associate with it. I know exactly the type you mean. I always think grainy. Yeah. Almost like seventies style, like sort of you know, easy rider esque, you know that kind of just yeah. feel like the, the stock's dirty. It's probably been, probably you know it's shot in a low budget and all that kind of stuff. So you get you get that feel from it. Um, the thing I did, like I mean, like I said Rise was the, the standout of it. I wasn't a huge fan of Mark Marin as an actor. I don't think he's a good actor. What's he been in? But I know him from. He's more a podcaster. He was he's in like the Marin show, but he's also he's also one of the biggest podcasts in the world. But he's a comedian as well. And I'm not really a fan of him, and I don't think he's much of an actor. He seems to play himself all the time, going like that's it doesn't seem like he's doing anything. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's really odd that Alison Yanni's in a very small role in this film. Yeah, because she's Alison Yanni. Yeah, and she's doing stuff recently that that's kind of gaining attention. So it seems an odd a, a step back. Yeah. It almost feels like that as she's in that curse of like the winning the female who wins an Oscar. You know, always ends up being like sort of. It's almost like a millstone round their neck. They can't get the good jobs after that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so yeah. it just felt like she's almost. I almost would want like to see not against anything against Andrea Rice, but she's, she's wonderful in it. They've seen Alison Yanni in the same role. Jane, she's have made more of it. She made, no, she've done probably something different with it. But I'm not. I'm not faulting Riseborough's end performance in it. But it'd be interesting to see almost like if Yanni was almost like the first pick. She wasn't available for the. Like the role she's wanted a small role. Is is it an Oscar worthy performance or a nomination worthy performance or was the other person dropped? With it now that you've kind of seen the move, both movies. I can see, I can understand the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. I can't really fault it. It's, a, it's an excellent performance. There's probably other performances that year maybe would have cared less about, to be honest, in in the Oscar nominations. I can't remember who was up for up for it entirely, but. Um, yeah, no, I can see why. I can see why I garnered an actor's, particularly actor's attention. You know, it's, it's 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 all the acting, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I might watch it. I might, I might. Yeah, watch it. I know. I think you're generally dig. I think you. It's it's got that American Honey, Florida Project kind of vibe to it a little bit. You know, it's just kind of slice of real life, but kind of 
Red Rocket was one that was out last year. I don't know if you saw one of the male porn star. It's got that kind of vibe to it as well. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely worth a wee look. Out of ten, sir. Again, six and a half. Oh, okay. okay. It's, it's a sixth film with like a, a nine out of ten performance, so it's maybe a six and a half, seven, maybe seven, moving better. But yeah, certainly not a bad film. Very enjoyable. Um, from that point, I've talked a lot. Colin, it's going to the one that you saw before I move on to the main event of the night. Um, you saw sixty-five. I did see sixty-five. I took uh, my kids to see sixty-five on release day. I think it was or the day after. So sixty-five is the the laser dinosaur movie. Um, yes. <laughs> Man crash lands on planet. Planet happens to be Earth 65 million years ago. Yeah. He's taking on dinosaurs. Um, so it was a weird one. I think I was going to expect in Walt Roll action, and it, it's not. There's Imagine After Earth, but really good. Yeah, I've heard a few people say that like, it, it's not quite as tongue-in-cheek and almost as exploitive, exploitive kind of like B-movie as you want it to be. It's almost it, trying to be too serious. Yeah, it, it it does at times, and, and Driver is an actor, and and it takes what is you know a kind of bite sized role and makes it into you know a kind of chewy character <laughs> uh-huh. um, as well. Uh, the wee girl in it is phenomenal as well, and it's pretty much yep. just those two holding your attention for you know ninety percent of the film as well. Um, you know, so he he's carrying everything on his shoulders, and he does it admirably. Yeah. Uh, the, the the dinosaurs. Um, I was expecting Jurassic Park, and they're not. They they, they kind of go quite dark and ferocious. So they've got their own design and what dinosaurs yeah. would have looked like as well, which is nice. It, it, it's like oh, you know, I didn't expect the fucking yeah. you know, to look like that. Um, so that was a, a good. You know, Jurassic Park looms so large over any dinosaur movie. You've almost got to separate yourself from Jurassic Park if you want to try and be something yeah. else. And they, they do it. They, I would say they successfully do it um there is a few bits of humor in it but it is yeah it is quite po-faced a lot drier than people expected it to be yeah yeah but in, um, in my mind it was more of like a it, almost like a tremorsy kind of eight-legged freaks kind of thing it's yeah. like sort of very b-movie-esque but i think they went they went different with it totally it's, it, yeah you go ahead and see so you go and expecting one thing you come out getting something different but thinking i enjoyed what i got do you know what i mean ah, um, really, really, really worth a watch. Um, it moves as well. It doesn't labour um, because I think mm. it's only just over ninety minutes as well. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you know, from start to finish, you're engaged and it's done, yeah. and you're you know, you're quite taken aback by it. All. Um, it odd, odd choice for driver. I still don't understand the logic. But then you think driver was fucking Kyle Ren. Do you know what I mean? Which seems like an odd choice as well. He seems um, he knows where they put. He's like he wants to make the big budget as much as he wants to make the smaller kind of independent kind of movie as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely no. He's definitely made you know a conscious choice to, to take that role um, for yeah. sure. Um, and and the age of him, he's a child of like say the nineties where like so indie cinema was big, but also people were also watching Jurassic Park. Yeah. So he will have that kind of deal. But like myself, I've got a duality of like I love independent cinema. cinema. I also want to see some big explosions as well and see some action, you know. So it's you don't have to be you don't have to be one or the other. You can you can sit in both camps and enjoy in both sides of it. Yeah. Um sixty five I gave a six out of ten. Nice. Um which is not a bad thing. I mean it is a fucking spaceman dinosaur film, you know, essentially that's what it is and and it is, you know, I guess a B movie to all intents and purposes. Um but six out of ten, really entertaining. Um and Completely different from what I expected. I think. I think you'll. I think you'll enjoy it as well. I think you'll kind of get it. You'll be like, yeah, 
I'm just looking forward. I know Sam Raimi's in producing it, and I know it's um, the guys who wrote The Quiet Place who are sort of behind the camera as well. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to see, see what it's like. Good film. Good film. Nice one. Um, and on from that call, we'll go to, we are rushing about tonight, but we have got things in the oven, so we're going to be a bit briefer <laughs> tonight. Also, stuff I've seen, it's not, nothing's been standout this week. I think next week might be a bit more. Um, but I have watched the one everyone wanted to see, the one everyone was talking about, the internet meme you know, fascination that was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, um, directed by Reese Frake Waterfield, um, who has done films such as Fire Nado and The Killing Tree. Um, so this is a, it's available for rental on like Amazon Prime and Rakuten and all those kind of places. Um, the plot of this one is essentially Christopher Robin returns to Hundred Acre Wood, um, but he's left the wood so long ago that when he comes back, Piglet and Pooh have turned into psychopathic killing machines who are very angry at Christopher Robin leaving it and go about killing anyone who comes near the, the Hundred Acre Wood. And um, particular bikini-clad females. Yes, and particularly <laughs> a sort of hen party, sort of like retreat bunch of girls who arrive and stay in essentially cottage in Hundred Acre Wood and they go for them. Um, so sell it to me, go on. Um, and the thing Nicholas Leon, he plays... Um, um, Christopher Robin. You've also got a bunch of people who you not know, but we can the due anyway. You've got Natasha Tosini, Maria Taylor, Amber Doig Thorne, Natasha Rose Mills, and Danielle Ronald, all of whom at some point or other are in a bikini, like you said. Um, <coughs> this has the, the, the definitive at um, Jurassic Park, Ian Malcolm says, you you were worried about, you know, you, you kept being concerned whether or not you could. You didn't last think it's like if you should. And yeah. that's what this is like. Winnie the Pooh is now in the public domain, so anyone can do anything Winnie the Pooh. This was but made like 60 seconds after that. After that happened, yeah. yeah. And you've got you're like, if you're going to do it, do something interesting with it. You know, it doesn't do anything with the lore itself to actually make it interesting. It's essentially is just, because Winnie the Pooh looks horrendous. It, it could just be a guy in a mask. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just, if that was the, 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 the idea of like, people just dress up as Winnie the Pooh characters and go out killing, that's a more interesting idea than what they're trying to make here. Because like, they've got this idea, they've got kind of drawings at the start. They're trying to like sort of, you know, give you a sense of like, like what became of the characters. Yeah. And they seem to indicate that Pooh Bear and Piglet and that they're all like human animal hybrids, which I think they're trying to indicate that someone fucked a bear which at some point. I'm more concerned about someone fucking a pig as well. I, I think it's brave that he fucked a bear to be honest. <laughs> you're going to get balls about it. I mean, I'd maybe kind of, you know, maybe. Try it on with a panda, perhaps, but uh, they're pretty docile panda. You probably, probably run away from it, but yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why anyway, it doesn't really do anything with the lore. It just series just becomes a mass of like let's just make them kill things. And a, like a good horror film, you know, like a Scream or the Halloweens, the the killings are like they're well constructed and they're and they, and they're, they're, they take you by surprise. Yeah. These unfold so slowly, and you go. You should be getting away. There's no reason for you to be killed right now. You know, it's like you're in a you're in a, you're in a swimming pool, so you swim towards the killer. It's like, why are you doing that? Every not one single person in this film makes in any way a smart decision at any point. So you're kind of questioning what the hell's like. What was the screen? I know it's, I'm questioning the screen right now. So I'm like, you have to make your mass murderer killing thing at least. Adhere to some sort of ruling and make it believable, and yeah. none of this absolutely. Like one point, Pooh Bear's driving a fucking car. Why not? I know, it's just, but then why? Did you say the fact they made the fucking movie itself? Yeah. Why not just fucking yeah, give my car, fuck it? You know, it's it's all it's almost sounds like it was made in a dare. Do you know what I mean a dare to do this? You know what I mean? 
Ah, it does feel a bit like that, but I feel that there is, there could be a story there if you want to be clever about it. Mm. But this is not clever. It's just, just bone, like I said, bone for blood, you got nothing else. That's it. I mean, the gore is there. It's very, very gory. So if you're yeah. a gore hound, you'll probably get something from the goreness of it. But you don't get any time with the characters to actually care who they are. Mm. The acting is pretty abysmal. Yeah. So you actually, you have, you have actually no interest in what anyone's doing in it. So it's, it's just come a little bit like kind of dull, to be honest. And I was a bit. Who's See, Underwhelm was another thing, but it, it, it wasn't horrendous, but it's bad. Who's like, your, who are you making this for? Probably the same people who are watching Sharp Needle. Fuck. You know, I don't understand that, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people just go and like, oh, that sounds so dumb, I'm going to watch it. Well, I think that's the thing, is it is garnering quite a lot of attention through... I guess the sensationalism of what it is, and not. I mean, is it any is it any dumber idea than cocaine bear? Well, I, I guess not. But cocaine yeah. bear does have a semi he's a fucking narrative story, and yeah, but it's the same idea. It's like almost the the tagline or the, the this title sells the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, so, once you get your money for it's like once you get the money once you get your money for selling the, for the, the ticket, they don't care. Aye, you know, yeah. enough people buy it based on the fact it's called Wayne and the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and then you go at that point we don't give a fuck what we've done. We've got the film made. You can watch it if you don't watch, if you don't like it. Who cares? We've got your money anyway. Okay, you know, <coughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh. like cocaine bears, snakes in a plane. They all had kind of similar, similar premise. You know, sell the film based on the title and then go from there. So I do. I'm, I'm fucking amazed that you watched that. I, I said that to you. I'm like, wow. I, I won't lie, I have seen worse things, and I think I might have even seen worse things this year, Colin. That's, so it, it wasn't... <laughs> I, I would say it's bad, but it's definitely not the worst thing I've seen in the past um, in the past year. It's not unwatchable. Yeah, I would almost say that medieval film, I think you quite liked it. I found that more unwatchable than, um, than this. Well... See the one with Ben yeah, Foster? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I found that almost that more unwatchable than this. Well, um, yeah. But ev- every review I've read about it, and everything I've heard about it, is pretty much just giving affirmation to everything you've told me. Um, I've I've not had anything contradicting what you've said at all. Yeah. Um, if you get it free on your Netflix or anything like that, by all means, watch. But don't don't pay for it. Yeah. How much did you pay for it, sir? Yeah. I gave it a three out of ten. Oh, and how much did you pay for it? It was two ninety five to rent. It's not that. I guess yeah. it's you know it's a couple of sweets and a packet of crisps. So yeah, exactly. Um, a, a three out of ten. Three out of ten, and Joe has informed me there is a sequel on its way. Of course, there's a fucking. Of course, it made, it's, it's made enough money that it's it'll be fine to make another one. Met merits a sequel, and God help us. And there's more to come because it's publicly made now. So God knows what else they're going to do to poor Pooh Bear. Yeah. They've, they've ruined that bear. Pooh Bear porno is on its way, surely. Oh, I'm I'm sure there's some out there already. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I would say if I'm going to watch a film again this week, I would probably recommend Two Leslie over any of them. Wow, um, strange week. Uh, nothing. Wow. Um, so I did say 65 to me sounds like the, the winner. Yeah. I nothing think. jumped out this week. It felt like a bit in the Hamby and Sam this week. So I felt like a bit of a weak week. But um, yeah. yeah. Just we next week. We're going to do better. We're going to do better next week. We're going to have more time to chat next week as well. Yes. Um, but out of we've got a good person in the cinema next week. Okay. Which is a Zach Braff film, which I have not been a fan of Zach Braff directing generally. 
You have not. Um, yeah, I know. He angers you. Yep. He angers me, but he's got, he's got Florence in it, and I, we do love Florence, so we we're, we're very invested in this. <laughs> um, we've also got the Infinity Pool, um, which is out, which is a new Cronenberg film, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, we also have John Wick Chapter Four, which is three hours long, um, and at the same time we also have still in the cinema Scream Five and Shazam. It's Shazam. also in the cinema still. So between both of us, Scream Six, Scream Six, not Scream Four, Scream Six is in the cinema. We shall endeavour to watch a few of those and uh, yes. go more in-depth with them next week. Yes, we shall. We shall watch some more stuff. Like I said, this is a bit more a rushed week because of um, technical yep. difficulties and dinner. You have a bun in your oven, shall we say? I am. I'm fucking starving. That's why, man. It's like it's 8.15 <laughs> on, a, on a Thursday. I have not eaten. I'm starving. Um, tell me what you find us, Colin. Three beers in the movie. Uh, we're on Gmail, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So um, really quickly look us up and really quickly give us a thumbs up and all that kind of stuff. I've been gone. You've been Richard, a hungry Richard, and we've been three beers in a movie.